Hello, my name's Sylvester McCoy, Doctor Who number seven. Uh, you are listening to Gallifrey Public Radio. Yes, that's what. There's something wrong with the speaker. Um, hello, hello. This is Gallifrey Public Radio, a weekly podcast dedicated to positive enjoyment of Doctor Who. We travel through classic and new episodes, explore the extended universe, and play a few games from time to time. We do discuss news, content that has been officially released, and the occasional interesting rumor, but we'll warn you before anything considered spoilers comes up. Welcome to episode 472 of Gallifrey Public Radio, where we don't have all the answers, but we've got enough potshot theories to last until the next wave of oops statements from RTD hits the news feeds. I'm Jay. I'm Julie. I'm Kier. And I'm Haley. This week, we fold all the pieces of information we've gotten so far about the 60th anniversary and make a nice origami ball of complete guesses. <laughs> so right up front, let's go ahead and note that it's it's becoming increasingly difficult to tell confirmed fact from the as-of-yet-uncontested uncontested rumors uh, on a few things. Because that's the sort of chatter that Davies just loves to hear from us. That means that though we always warn you when things feel spoilery, come on, it's me, we don't know if this is spoilery because it's fan theory, which is what we do every two weeks right here. But between Russell's cryptic choices of words in Doctor Who magazine interviews and on-set photos that aren't taken by telephoto lenses, but actually by the crew on set and distributed on Doctor Who's own social media channels and really detailed conversations online among dedicated fans, there is a lot to come to terms with. So while we're not claiming to be able to lay it all out, we can work with what we have. So let's get to work. So let's start with the things that we absolutely know will be happening in 2023. So first thing we know that Jody's uh, 13th doctor will have already regenerated into uh, an as of yet unseen uh, identity. Right. They're going to, they're going to do this as we only get the front half of the regeneration. She'll go to gold and either the camera's going to cut away or credits roll or whatever. I mean, no one has even seen Shooty Godwell on set yet. He's still filming the Barbie movie. So <laughs> that could fit in, right? I mean, you never know. <laughs> right? yeah. Shows up in his Ken doll outfit. Nice. I'm interested to see how this works. I mean, we have seen this before in Doctor Who. They've done it before, but it hasn't happened in uh, in New Who yet. So I'm I'm curious <laughs> how this is going to play out and how the the fans who are not all up to date on things are going to react to it. Yeah. Well, given that we know who's stepping into the shoes it's it feels unusual but but i mean knowing that we're gonna that, that's gonna happen in 2022 i guess it kind of makes sense to have that nice divide and it kind of goes along with that no we have to finish this story um yeah. you know i i know when capaldi regenerated everybody wanted to see the regeneration happen but at the same time 
I really wanted to see how 12's era was going to end, what the final words were going to be and that sort of right. thing. And well, we were rewarded. That was an amazing regeneration speech and all, but still, you know, you, you don't want to, you don't want to cut that uh, short sheet. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if what they do is, you know, they, they, they do the, you know, the gold energy, everything goes cut to black. And then, then you get like the next time trailer and we see snippets of shooty you know, coming out of the TARDIS or something like that. And like just little clips of him in the role, but not necessarily his performance. Oh, I could do you one better. Goes to black and in the blackout, you just hear him say, whoa, or something like that. You know, just so, <laughs> just, just a word in the dark. Just an audio. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting. We, uh, we do know that David Tennant and Catherine Tate are going to be reprising their roles as Ten and Donna and that they've already done some filming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of photos out there of that that everybody's you know, thoroughly enjoying. Yeah. How? I, I don't really care about how just yet, but yeah, that mm-hmm. that's there and and that's that's marketing gold. You oh, could yeah. I mean that's that's kind of the thing that everybody has been clamoring about getting uh, RTD back into the show is the you know, return to the golden era of Doctor Who, so to mm. speak. And it's having David Tennant and uh, and Catherine Tate on set like it is just fanning those flames. Sure, sure. And um, we do know that there's going to be two other uh, Donna era actors that they, they've actually seen them on set. Right. Not officially announced though, so that's that's why right. I didn't want to, you know, uh, ruin didn't actually name them. Yeah. No. Right. But it just means that we're we're working well within if they're Donna era actors, we're working within that uh, right. series four time frame. That yeah. kind of scope. Yeah. Yeah. For for yeah. whatever that means. Uh, we do also know that uh, Yasmin Finney is filming as a character named Rose Tyler. Yeah. Not, not as, yeah. Billy Piper, but... <laughs> right. I, uh, I don't know. A- as a character. They keep putting that article in there. As <laughs> a character named Rose Tyler. Not look, as Rose Tyler. Look, <laughs> RTD can only come up with so many names, okay? No. And not the character, but a character. So right. we're, we're being yeah. very pedantic with how the we're talking about this. The indefinite article, right? <laughs> <laughs> we also know that uh, Neil Patrick Harris has been on set and is being touted as, quote unquote, the greatest villain the Doctor has ever faced. Yes, this is uh, uh, hyperbole is entirely RTDs right there. At least the, the greatest villain the Doctor has ever faced until he gets called out by John Sam on Twitter. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Um, we also know that Rachel Talalay is going to be directing in some capacity. We don't know where that falls in, but mm-hmm. we have c- that confirmed. Yep. And that's enough to make everybody sleep a little better at night. Oh, yes. <laughs> Anything coming from Rachel Talalay. Yeah. Uh, we also know that the this, this special is either going to have to basically be a bottle episode, uh, wrap up whatever goes into it, or set up the next series. Yeah. That's the that's a real squidgy bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like that long distance and then the baton pass. And where will that baton pass happen? Is it going to be on the front side, the back side? Are they going to drop it? What's going to happen? <laughs> Chuck it at the back of the next runner's head and hope <laughs> that they catch it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like it's probably going to either be a bottle episode or the start of series 14 because it's... It looks like they're trying to wrap up the 13th Doctor story and everything that kind of sits there with mm-hmm. the, the flux and everything that's come after it. And however much they're able to, to wrap that up, it doesn't seem like that is going to pass on into next year. Uh, allegedly. 
well, yeah, it's, I mean, huge grain of salt with everything we talk about tonight. Because <laughs> this is just very, very salty yeah. year. Yeah. It's just one grain, though. It's just a huge one, not like yes. many grains. Yeah, yeah, it's good. No. Uh, so now, because two million heads are better than ours, which is only four, let's consider what's being theorized about all of these details together. First case, the Ten and Donna that we will see is an alt-universe pair, so... Wrong suit, wrong screwdriver, wrong TARDIS exterior, wrong from our previous perspective. Right. Right. I know some people say, oh, maybe this is the Handy Doctor or or what have you, but... The fact that Donna's there, yeah. It's... Yeah, Donna's there. The doctor's wearing a, a version of his suit, like that no one sees. It's like sort of mm-hmm. purple pinstripe kind of thing. Whole new options for cosplay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, people are already ID- IDing the fabric out there, so you can find that. The screwdriver he's holding is <laughs> nothing like Ten's screwdriver, and the really weird one. And this is the thing that that I'm I'm really having a difficult time wrapping my head around is that the based on the pull to open sign that's on the front of the TARDIS, that's Jody's TARDIS exterior. Mm, so right? hmm. one of the theories is that maybe 13 will actually regenerate temporarily into a 10 lookalike for reasons that no one quite understands yet. Yeah. That that strikes me as something spinning off of the wishful thinking where Tennant's going to be the next doctor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Some sort of carryover. I even saw a theory floating that there were going to be a couple of 10 stories over the course of the year, and then they were just going to oh, do, no. oh, it's a mini, 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 mini series. Previously, before left on the cutting room floor, <laughs> if you can't see my quarty fingers yeah. here. <laughs> or Doctor Who, what if? Yes. See, this, this is when you just take the people and point them towards Big Finish and just move on. Right, right. <laughs> yes. So there's another theory that the Rose Tyler we'll meet is actually Donna's daughter with her husband, Sean Temple, from The End of Time. Hmm. That little, the potential future that Donna had, but didn't mm-hmm. really have. But this could be that that multiverse kind of a right thread. Hmm. And if it if there is any crossover, I mean, Donna from our continuity or whatever knows Rose Tyler had met her, knows mm-hmm. how important she is. Like, became a p- important part of her life. So I could understand her naming her daughter after her. Mm-hmm. I, but again, if this is all universe. Who's to say? One of those really weird things when you, you're like, oh, this name sounds good. You write it down. You don't remember why you like it, but you like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, wasn't uh, End of Time was a was a holiday special, right? That, oh, that pairing, I think it fell right around. It, it, it was a, it was a, a seasonal uh, kind of thing, which was why it was a big deal. Um, yeah. You know, and it was the, you know, let's bring the whole gang back together. Classic companions, right. new companions. Such. So, yeah, that's the kind of thing. Uh, RTD loves to do because he loves mm. messing with uh, fan emotions and, and nostalgia. And it's a great way to be able to do it. This is your canon. I make the canon. I forge the canon. <laughs> I break the canon and remake it. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, Neil Patrick Harris will be playing the celestial toy maker who has a history of pulling the doctor and companions out of reality to mess with them on purpose. Yeah, I like this theory a lot. Yes. Um, because this allows pretty much uh, a, a, a blank slate. You can you can do whatever you want because the last time we saw the toy maker back in William Hartnell's era was literally a uh, going after the doctor 
because of having this, this constant level of power and looking for someone to mess with who was of equivalent, well, maybe not equivalent power, but equivalent intellect. And it made the game more fun. Right. So that could mean that you could mess with you could mess with any iteration of the doctor or find a way to haha mess with multiple iterations at once. Right. Yeah, I this this seems like the kind of thing that would fit the the information we know and seems like the kind of fun storytelling that that Davies enjoys kind of throwing together. Um mm. And we've, we've gotten a lot of the, it's like, oh, they're going to face familiar, but new monsters and kind of, so it's like a lot of, a lot of different ways of saying we're bringing back something that you've seen before, but hasn't interacted with this doctor or these doctors or, so it's, it, it could absolutely fall into that. And I'm, this was, this is one of the ones I'm putting a, a quarter on and I'm like, I, I hope this is true. Mm-hmm. I am not going to bet against you. <laughs> so I don't I don't know you got here you no, got no I, no I think this is a prevailing theory okay mm-hmm. because I don't it, think it, you're gonna win any quarters it allows a complete <laughs> removal of any continuity arguments and just says true we want to celebrate this we want to have something you know a lot of fun with this and even if this is something that happens I'll, I'll throw something so totally weird out there I'm, I'm gonna try to stitch up a lot of this stuff together and this is just my pot shot at the moment and that is that in that instant between regenerations, the toy maker seizes their opportunity to come mm-hmm. in and try and hit the doctor at a point of weakness, and messes with uh, and messes with them outside of any given identity, and just grabs that other moment, you know, at the end of time, because you were altering reality at that point as well, and says, "All right, I'm going to take that point where the where the threads of the multiverses was weak." Uh, or alt alt universes was weak, and I'm going to take the doctor at a mo- moment of their weakness, and I'm going to find some way to stitch that together and and try and unravel the whole thing. You ain't got no strings <laughs> on me. You can go one further if you really wanted to, and be like, well, the doctor actually like started to uh, started the regeneration process in facing off with the master and the the cyber time lords, and mm. and. The whole season of Flux was just like a fever dream that happened when this was going on. (laughs) Just completely retcon. (sighs) I I wouldn't miss it. Then you could just tell people like, hey, skip this because it wasn't real. It's the gas leak year. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I didn't realize I was so sleepy this entire time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's uh, given all that, let's take one quick second to talk about the the presentation of all this because there is a definite possibility that that with all of these things that we have already had officially confirmed with us and the things that will continue to dole out over the course of the the uh, the following months of additional filming, post production, people's uh, CVs get updated by their agents, and then we find out that so and so is actually involved, and and all those other little oops that things never that never happen. happens. Oh no, of course not. I just completely made that up whole hog. But there is a definite possibility that we have more than one even long broadcast form would make sense to put in. I mean, even a two-hour special might be a little clouded to try to put all these things in and have it make sense. What if you break it up? So how likely does the idea of getting more than one actual broadcast seem? I definitely think we're going to get more than just a special for the the anniversary day. Like it, it really seems like everything is kind of pointing toward there being more going on. It would not be beyond the realm of possibility for, for RTD to be like, Oh, I, I pulled a sneaky on you and you have part one on the anniversary. And then part two is your holiday special. Yeah. 
Okay. I see that. But but nothing prior? I don't know. Well, my only thought is, like, if it's more than three parts, I think that gets into, like, why wouldn't you just call that a season? Mm. Mm-hmm. Two is, like, a sweet spot, because mm-hmm. then they could really put in, and two could be really short. Or, I, I mean, the, the first one of the yeah. first half of it could be really short. Just there to sort of just cloud everything up and say, whoa, it's all topsy-turvy and things are nuts, and whoa, is that Donna? Boom. <laughs> and then you get some time to chew on it. The only thing that makes me think that you will get something that is of a longer length is because of Rachel Talalay being involved. And the reason why I would think you'd get more than one, potentially two, is because she's also not directing some of it, we think, right? Like she's been on set and not directing. And I would mm-hmm. think that if she's, if there are other pieces, why else would unless she's there for like a scene setting or they're just doing dressing or something, then why would she really be out and involved in stuff? Unless, oh, like, well. unless she were doing the one and it's of larger length, but you don't bring in someone like Talalay based on her want to be involved without it being something longer and more, I don't know the right word I'm looking for, but like more of a bigger scope of things. Yeah. I, I, I'm i wondering whether, you know, maybe there's an AD on set who's doing some of the little incidental moments like, okay, run out of this cafe. Okay. Run into the TARDIS, have a quick line on the curb here, get into that car. And that maybe your AD is handling those, sh- uh, those shoots. And she's hanging out because why not? Like well, you're allowed she's, to be yeah, there? <laughs> she, she starts arriving and now the cat's out of the bag uh, that she's yeah. and now she can start filming the more public or more uh, meaty scenes, I suppose, the, mm-hmm. the ones that require her particular eye. But, uh, but yeah, I, I do like the I do like the multiple broadcast idea. I just don't know whether it's going to be, you know, a part one, part two or just a couple of little <laughs> snippets. If they up. do. I mean, you, if you think about it, you could theoretically get away with like four hours worth of content if you do two-parter like do a two-parter on november 23rd and then if your second part isn't until like christmas or new year's that's nobody's gonna be like this is too much why is it like it's a two a two-hour episode <laughs> don't stop for a special <laughs> right but a two-hour episode for a special like that is going to feel kind of natural and if you space them apart by two three months nobody's gonna you know it's not gonna feel like it's forced either so Right. I mean, they could very easily pull that off. I like it a lot. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm not really pleased about what the whole first part of 2023 is going to be like. We're all just sitting on our hands <sighs> and waiting. But we've waited yeah. for longer, and we're getting used to it, and it's okay. No, it's not okay, but it's we're getting okay. used it's to not it. not okay. <laughs> we're getting used to it, and that's not okay. That's even yeah. more not okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to just roll in. There was one little piece of, of fan theory. Well, it's not even fan theory, because now, I mean, it's it, this is one of those um, no one has uncon- has not, like, has disavowed it or uncontested, discontested, discounted. <laughs> no one said no to the theory. <laughs> but one of the things that is coming up right now, and this is just, and this has been sort of uh, corroborated by something uh, that RTD just recently said, was that uh, there's an, a villain aspect added to the story that uh, that is of a classic nature, but never before seen on television. And that, to me, solidifies the beep the meep theory. Um, Can you explain? Yes. So in the comics, we had a character uh, in the 80s of, I don't know, it was like a psychotic uh, rabbit, gun-toting marsupial rabbit thing of the species called the meep, M-E-E-P. Meep. 
Yes, meep. And beep the meep was this was this horrific, hyper violent little rodent thing. And it is believed that they have seen beep the meep on set. Or some other oh, thing that looks like this furry marshmallow <laughs> horrible looking the, thing. I'm sorry. The way you're describing it makes me think of Max from the Sam and Max series. You could go with that. You could absolutely <laughs> go with that. Would this be something that is a being or is it a toy? It is a being. It is okay. an alien being. Um, hmm. But th- that would go along with the idea of of it just being the celestial toy maker coming in and messing with just these chunks Mm -hmm. of the doctor's past. Well, then I would please like to see Seventh so we can get rodent. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) As a reference, please. The rodents are here. Mm, True. But I think they had also said that there were going to be, the the flip side of the the meeps was there was another species that was sort of like the, the, these insectoid, um, and they were like a, a, a like a police force kind of thing, and that they believe that they've been seen on set as well. So that's that's kind of uh, cool to have. So alt universe Zootopia is what I'm hearing. Yeah, live action. Oh sure. <laughs> oh yeah. You know. All right. So we kind of touched on this, but last thing, because we're theorizing all this before we even get the 13 regeneration finale this autumn. Is anyone concerned that this 2023 hype overshadows the content we're getting in 2022? Oh, absolutely. I, it, it already has. When you go out and talk to people, it's this is the conversation. It's not what do you think the uh, centennial celebration or whatever is going to be. It is yeah. everyone is talking about the 60th. Everyone is talking about the return of RTD and David Tennant and all that. Nobody cares about the final episode. And it's I mean, it sucks, but that's that's the the way that it feels right now. Doesn't that really say a lot of the difference between Chibnall and Davies' marketing strategy? Like, Davies' new stuff is over a year away. He's leaking things out, giving us breadcrumbs, getting people excited Mm -hmm. about content that's coming. We haven't heard anything from Chibnall's crew about what's going on with their production. And I I fully believe part of that is because of his keep it close to the vest and let everyone be wowed and surprised by the content, which... We've already been underwhelmed, and so it's hard to get excited about something like that where I've loved Jody's tenure, but I think that we're all a bit tired of it, and I hate to Mm -hmm. say it, but yeah, I I don't think that it's necessarily wrong to be excited about anything that gets people talking because the show needs it. I mean, anyone that's been a listener for a while will remember when I was trying desperately to avoid anything about the the new Star Wars movie a couple of years ago. And like, mm-hmm. I went in to watch the movie and it's just, just like, okay, that was two, two and a half hours. I mean, the, the movie being what it was aside, it was like, that was like two, two and a half hours. I watched it. I, you know, enjoyed myself or whatever. And then it, it was over. There was no excitement going into it. I didn't know what to expect. It was just like, it was a Star Wars. And I feel like that's what Doctor Who has been this whole time is like, I don't know what I'm going to get into. I'm sitting down to watch it because it's Doctor Who, but I have nothing to be excited about aside from the fact that it's Doctor Who. Mm. Whereas Davies, you know, throwing stuff out like this and letting us know what is coming, we get to have conversations like this and not just be randomly spitballing like we've been doing for the past few years. Right. The only thing that I'm, I'm hoping on here is that there is just the rising tide theory. And that even though people might not even at times remember, yeah, we still have a special coming up before this year is out. Um, 
when it starts getting close to broadcast time, they'll be able to to at least uh, gather a, a certain bump in viewership because people are going to want to be aware of where it's leading in mm-hmm. to the to the Davies Redux yeah. era. Yeah. The the best thing they can do right now is try and tie it in to the 60th special, yeah, and say it's this you know don't go into this without watching what leads into it kind of thing and then you will draw people to it because it, there's so many people that checked out especially like even before flux ever started and then during flux and it's just people are just waiting until rtd comes back mm-hmm. so if you can tie this to that that is the way to get some of those people back otherwise it's just going to be like you know more of the same that we've had and then the the spike later Yeah, but if there's anything that we've learned about the way Davies handles some of this stuff is that you'll be able to walk back into it without having potentially any knowledge of Doctor Who, but certainly not necessarily what just happened if he doesn't think that you should have to. So you'll be able to watch it and enjoy it. I'm not saying it has to be true. I'm just saying that's what they need to do in order to get people to come back to it. Yeah, yeah. Agree. Can't they just do all these things all at once? I mean, <sighs> all the content all the time. <laughs> I don't need really, really high production quality. I'll, I'll put that aside. Just start, give the stories now. We've been, watch, stories. We've been watching it's enough fine. classic era. Yeah, yeah. just do table yeah, reads. I'm fine with table <laughs> reads. That's fine. Well, uh, next time when we come back, we will be jumping back into our Sarah Jane rewatch with the with the season two story two, the Day of the Clown. Uh, uh, <sighs> really, clowns? I'm freaking <sighs> clowns. I uh, I don't know if I'm gonna be yeah. here. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Haley, you got this. You and me. Yep. <laughs> yep. Haley, Julie, all clowns, talk clowns all the time. <laughs> I don't do big bugs, but I can do some clowns. <laughs> Yeah, no. This this is where we get uh, Ronnie Chandra coming in as the as the new girl. Apparently, has her issues with clowns. So, <laughs> because you all should. Well, yeah, terrifying. <laughs> Just saying. This has been episode four hundred and seventy two of Gallifrey Public Radio. Until next time, this is Jay saying, I don't know what is coming down the pike, but I swear I've got like a notebooks full of guesses that yeah you know, we can start a drinking game just on those. Okay. <laughs> And this is Kier saying, all aboard the hype train. (laughs) (laughs) This is Julie saying, come on, shooty. Let's go, shooty. (laughs) (laughs) uh, 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 And this is Haley saying that all of the money that Chibnall didn't spend on marketing went into the 60th anniversary budget. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be like Marvel money there. (laughs) How do you think they afforded Rachel (laughs) Talloway? We'll see you next week. I'll see Cheers. Bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Gallifrey Public Radio. Want to keep the conversation going? You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Or just send us a good old-fashioned email to feedback at gallifreypublicradio.com. You can also give us a phone call at 754-225-5477. That's 754-CALL-GPR. And you may hear your voice on a future episode of the show. Everything's got to end sometime, otherwise nothing would ever get started. Join us next week for a brand new episode.
Public Radio is copyright 2022. See you next week.